Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, he's back. Mr. David Grasso, host of Follow the Profit with David Grasso, profit as in money. Um, podcast, also the CEO of Bold TV. He's a moderate conservative. Typically, we have pretty decent conversations. Uh, David, good day, brother. Welcome. Always great to be in the bullpen. Let me have it. <laughs> well, let's discuss a few <laughs> items. So, uh, we're going to chop it up about the SCOTUS decision as it relates to vaccine protocols in America. Uh, I don't want to presume what you know, believe about that particular topic. So, if you would, give us your sentiment and I'll respond. Well, I think when we're dealing with things like the Supreme Court, it gets really, really boring fast because it has a lot more to do with law than practicality, right? And I think the Supreme Court viewed this in a way that many Americans view this, is that this decision by the Biden administration to have OSHA do a vaccine mandate for employers over 100 people, vaccine or testing mandate to be completely clear, there was a testing loophole in it, was beyond the scope of OSHA. So whether you agree that most people should be vaccinated, whatever, regardless of your stances on vaccines, it seems like it was overreaching having OSHA create this mandate for employers over 100 people. Now, of course, what's really interesting about this decision is that they did hold up the mandate for any facility or organization that uses Medicaid or Medicare dollars or healthcare workers. So I, I personally think that was the right call legally to push through. Of course, that has nothing to do with my opinion regarding vaccination. And I don't wanna come here and misrepresent that I am anything but fully vaccinated and boosted, etc. But as it pertains to the SCOTUS decision, it makes a lot of sense to me why it was a six to three decision. Yeah, it did fall along ideological lines, which the administration said it possibly could. And when pressed about that early on after this executive order, basically one of the responses from the White House was, well, by that time, you're gonna have a lot more people vaccinated. So they were aware that this could possibly be shot down by the court. Now, I agree just fundamentally, I agree with the dissent and not the majority ruling. And you know, the Supreme Court, they overturn themselves all the time. So just as yeah, easy course. as it went this way, <laughs> This time it could go the other way next time. So I agree with the dissent and I, I agree with the dissent based on my reading of their summary of dissent. And I'm gonna get into that in a moment. But it's interesting because while many on the right, and I'm glad you made clarity of this, many on the right are saying that mandates were declared unconstitutional and the Democrats lost. That's actually opposite of what the Supreme Court said. The Supreme Court said in their ruling that mandates are actually legal that the federal government has the legal authority to mandate vaccinations. That's in the ruling, it's called a mixed ruling. And as you just mentioned, it upheld the element connected to healthcare facilities because of the federal connection to those healthcare facilities by way of money, etc. One could make an extended argument that it should also apply outside of that because OSHA as the entity created by the federal government in 1970, got its power from the Commerce Clause of the Constitution, is a federal entity that, by the way, has the charge of handling safety issues, both health and hazard. That's actually in the statute, health and hazard, right? So here's why I'm at. One, it was never a vaccine mandate, it was a vaccine protocol. So not only did you have the seven day test loophole, which the government should have paid for. I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why they did not create subsidies for companies to pay for that option. We can, we can agree on that much, Doc. 
Yeah, yeah for sure, they should have paid for that. Um, so that was one uh, exemption. Then you had a religious exemption. You also had a philosophical difference exemption and you had a medical exemption. So there was no mandate, but I don't think Democrats did a good job messaging the reality that this is not a mandated vaccine. So I I get it, I'm wise enough in understanding the ruling to get why the conservatives ruled the way they did. I disagree with them and I'm gonna root my disagreement in law. Now according to the law, when OSHA was created by the US Congress in 1970, it was created as an administrative body that could enact what's called administrative law. They were a regulatory agency. There's an internal bureaucracy they have to go through anytime there's something that lasts beyond a certain amount of time as far as a regulation, a new regulation is concerned. But they were created, they're constitutional. They're created from the powers of the Commerce Clause of the US Constitution. And they were created specifically to provide safe barriers as it relates to any health issues at your workplace or chemical hazard issues at your workplace. My question to you is, based on the ruling that says, well, you know, OSHA really can't regulate health issues, even though it's said in the statute they can. The ruling was they really can't regulate health issues at the workplace if the health issue is massive outside of the workplace. So basically what the Supreme Court was saying in the ruling is, you know, this was something that was more germane to the workplace only, OSHA would have authority here. But because it's not only germane to the workplace or primarily germane to the workplace, somehow they lose their authority to govern or create restrictions in the workplace. Does that make sense based on the statute to you? I think it does. I don't think COVID is an occupational hazard. So it's it's suggested in the name, right? OSHA, it's the first O. Sure. And really, you could catch COVID anywhere. And I think that's what had the most teeth. You're absolutely correct. You can catch COVID in a school or on the street. And it's really so fungible and widespread and really endemic at this point that it's really beyond the purview of OSHA. What's really interesting about this decision is that it's hard to break this down in a television soundbite that you usually get 30 seconds. It is a mixed decision. No Nowhere in the decision did it say that employers can't require vaccination, they can do that. Furthermore, even the conservative opinion specifically points to the power that the state and local governments have to regulate public health. It's completely within their purview, there's a lot of case law there. So if the state of California or New York or any other liberal states wants to do a vaccine mandate, it is completely within their power to do so. I think the big problem with this was twofold. There's some legal issues there, obviously, as you saw in the conservative decision 6-3 on along ideological lines. But there's also practical problems. You mentioned one of them, which is of course that the testing would have been, the cost of that would have been incumbent on the businesses. Moreover, the other problem was enforcement. You know, I have a friend who works at a Fortune 1000 company and he was dealing with enforcement of this rule that was allegedly going to come into effect very soon. And enforcement was basically impossible. Additionally, there was a a testing loophole as a lot of liberals like to call it. So really in the end, it wasn't going to get exactly the goal that the Biden administration had in mind when they promulgated this rule. I think we have to focus more on the carrot instead of the stick. What is the benefit to people for getting vaccinated? What type of perks can we offer people? What type of penalties if some employers want to go ahead and you know incentivize 
their ranks to be vaccinated. And I think we have to remember one clear psychological thing beyond case law and beyond politics is that as more people get vaccinated, the people that are unvaccinated are actually going to dig themselves in. They're going to dig their heels in and it's harder and harder to convince the unvaccinated to get vaccinated. And when you have mandates like this, especially during a labor shortage, especially let's face it doc, 100 employees is a small business in today's world. In the yeah. age of Google, Facebook, Amazon, etc. right? Even the Young Turks is a small business by the way, mm -hmm. in my opinion, because the, everything's so large now. I think it was unfair to regulate everyone the same way. And this is a quite a problem with a lot of policies that come out of Washington, the one size fits all. I think a lot of companies are going to have vaccine mandates anyway, as we're seeing, especially big tech. But in the end, it is an undue cost on our small businesses, which let's face it, with rising inflation, with labor shortages, the last thing they need is yet another strategic disadvantage to their bigger counterparts. You know, let me show you the places I agree and some of the places I disagree. So you and I agree on the fact that there should have been a subsidy to smaller businesses as it relates to testing kits because they would have had to foot the bill in order to make this happen. I think if the administration would have been a little more proactive about that, you would not have seen as much pushback. You still would have seen significant pushback. And to your other point about the incentives, while this was going through the ranks of the court, they should have been co-creating incentives just in case it got overturned. For the life of me, I don't understand why they did not plan for it to be overturned and to have a process in place that would have given great incentive, which in the marketplace means great advantage in competition. Would have given great advantage in competition to make sure that there was a real incentive in order for them to continue to make a protocol privately in those companies to vaccinate and also, one of the uh, one of the great uh, things that that companies say, you know, this happens when our people are vaccinated. We have less individuals who call out sick. We have uh, less pull on our insurance policy. So there are some actual bottom line benefits to corporations who act in good faith as it relates to a public health crisis. Um, so and to your point about the uh, companies being dealt with kind of one size fits all, you know, yeah, they were. Uh, and it was unfair. Now, if your company had 99 employees and under, uh, there was a different set of rules for you. But still, if your company had 105, 110, um, compared to a company that has, you know, 10,000, uh, that's a that's a different financial reality for those companies. So while I still disagree with the ruling as far as them saying that OSHA does not have the power to regulate. Um, I do agree that more common sense and nuanced remedies should should have been in place in order to protect companies and workers. But let me ask you this question, because this is something that even the dissent did not bring up in their summary, which I thought would have been a great point for them to make. If the Supreme Court, if the conservatives are saying OSHA, even though they have the statutory authority to regulate hazard and health in workplaces, this does not fall under their um, jurisdiction because of how uh, you can catch COVID outside of the workplace. What can, name what OSHA can regulate health wise that you can only catch at work and you cannot catch it anywhere else. 
I mean, I think it's a fair point. Listen, I'm not exactly a legal scholar. I think it's a fair point. And I think with with legal issues, you can kind of argue back and forth. That's the whole yeah. point of the profession. I think I want to come back to something you said, Doc, because I think it's very insightful. And I think it's something we could agree on is that this administration doesn't seem to be making a lot of safe bets. They kind of go all into one strategy. And when it blows up in their face, they just kind of turn up empty handed. And I think it really endangers their mandate and it really endangers the Democratic majorities in Congress. Because in the end, right, if you have a strategic constituency that is interested in seeing higher vaccination rates and you're pinning all of your resources on one decision that surprise, surprise was struck down by a clearly majority Supreme Court, we've all been living this, right? This is not a shocker, right? And we're gonna right. see more conservative decisions come out of the Supreme Court, whether it's abortion, whether it's vaccine mandates. This is the reality of the Supreme Court, no matter whether you're liberal or conservative. What I see is an administration that really isn't making a lot of diversified bets. Like what? what is the backup plan for this? And it doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be a backup plan. Are we planning on having vaccine mandates for travel? Haven't heard of that anymore, right? I saw that at the border, they're gonna require migrants to be vaccinated. Very little press coverage right now. So it seems right now, not only does the administration have a PR problem, but they have a political strategy problem. Perhaps, Doc, you should consider joining the administration <laughs> because it seems like there's an enormous, just from a purely pragmatic point of view, talent and strategy deficit in that White House. And every day they start to resemble more the Trump administration where they're not really prepared for what comes next. From a Not from an ideological standpoint, but from a purely just strategy standpoint. What is your plan? What are you gonna do next? And how are you gonna ensure that the people who voted for you are getting what they wanted when they voted for you? Yeah, I actually think they should take some of your get right juice and drink it up. I actually agree with you that messaging has been one of the primary problems of Democrats in particular. Republicans are very good at messaging, especially around lies. I mean, damn, they are masterful at messaging around particular moments and recreating what that moment actually meant in the moment and telling you that is something something else. Democrats have a messaging problem and there is some strategy element here that I can't, like I said, for the life of me, I cannot understand why they did not have a concurrent plan in place when this Supreme Court decision came down. Brother, I appreciate you, you're sensible, I enjoy our conversations. It's not always about disagreement, all right? So brother, thank you for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Doc, see you next time. See you next time, my friend.